Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. September. Happy, Yay. happy. <laughs> August is done. Dude, fuck August. Goodbye. Fuck August. I don't know if it's because we're back on the East Coast, but holy shit is August hot. It's too damn hot. It's too damn hot. I love September. Yes. If the temperatures start dipping a little. Yeah, I mean, it's still like 90 <laughs> degrees out there. Yes, and humid. <laughs> and shit. humid, but I think, you know, I felt a... A swift breeze. <laughs> it was day. like seven o'clock last night. It's like I think I'll go sit out on the porch because I, you know, I fancied up our porch. We you did, furniture. yeah. It's like I'm gonna go sit out on the porch and watch the sunset. And I walked outside and I was like hit instantly with like <laughs> the heat, the heat, and I was like, nope, and back in. <laughs> See Between you later. that and the bug bites that I fucking get, <laughs> the second I step a toe outside, I'm like, I'm just gonna stay inside in the AC until it starts to fucking cool down. <laughs> I'm ready for sweaters. Like, I'm sick of wearing, like, I mean, to be honest, I'm in, like, my bra and underwear 90% of the time because I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I'm officially, we're like less than a month away from my due date. So yes. I'm pregnant as shit. I'm hot <laughs> all the time. So all the time. I am ready to not be hot. I'm yeah. ready to wear hoodies and ooh, blankies. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to cuddle up. A little mm, coffee. Yum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, happy September. Yes. From here on out, we're going to get even spookier than we ooh, normally get. Yeah. Um, We have big news. Yeah, it was a big week here. It's a big week Not here. Not only at is my due date fast approaching, but mm-hmm. I graduated college. Woo! Ooh. Oh my goodness, <laughs> so wonderful. Not yes. only did you graduate college, yeah. you graduated valedictorian. Jake is yes. very proud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And yes. you got the Advanced Achievement Award. Oh, my gosh. Go, I got some major awards. I got some major awards. I'll toot it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I was valedictorian. I, I am very proud of myself. You should be. You fucking earned it. Oh, wow. Because Thanks, you guys. did that. Let's take a let's take a look back <laughs> over the last two years. Okay. You did all of that yeah. in amongst two cross-country moves. Yeah, that was a bold choice. Yeah. <laughs> Being pregnant. A pandemic. A pandemic. Eight months of my pregnancy. It's not like it was just, you know. And I just hearken back to that moment in, I believe we were in Kansas. Kansas. Where you had to have a paper turned in by a certain time and we... You were in the back of the car. I was in the back of my car. Trying to do your work. I was using my phone's internet hotspot. And you already get queasy driving or like trying to read and drive in the car. And you were pregnant. So you already had morning sickness. You're puking. (laughs) Puking in a bag and simultaneously craving tacos. So. Yeah. And I. Hey, I got that paper done in the back of that car. And I got a 100% on that paper. I would like you all to know. It was like 1150. Uh Uh-huh. Paper had to be turned in by midnight. It was pitch black out. We encountered a snowstorm. Oh my god! On yeah. the back roads of, of Kansas, we did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with nothing in sight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a fucking A on that paper. There you go. Again, I'm gonna toot the horn. You too. Yeah. It. Let's talk. Yeah. So pregnant. You know, grieving. There was a lot of grieving mm-hmm. in amongst those two and a half years 
moving a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit of that in. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of shit. Yeah. And there were a lot of times that I wanted to quit. I'm not yes. going to lie. So let's have a little life chat. Yeah. I have tried to get my bachelor's degree many times. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to say I failed, but I didn't fail. Nah. Um, I Life got in the way. Right. I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like just life shit happened and it was either continue pursuing your bachelor's degree mm -hmm. or survive. And I had to turn to survive right. many times. So right. this was like my third attempt to fucking go for it. Yeah. And I said I wanted to do it before I turned 30 and I fucking did it. Yeah. Um, we grew up... In the time when, like, college was really pushed yes. on you. Yes. This is not me saying, like, you should go to college or this should be, right. you know, maybe it's not a good idea Follow for your you. heart. <laughs> Follow your heart. Exactly. But me personally, I just wanted to accomplish it. Like, I wanted. that goal for I yourself. set that goal for myself. I'm really proud. You should be. Yeah. And this, it was interesting because this was the first time that I went and it was, like, fully for me. Yep. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like. Other times that I've tried, it was, again, kind of pushed on me or I was doing what I thought was expected of me. Right. The degree programs I was in weren't necessarily the right fit. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I was like, no, this is what I what want to do, something I'm interested in, the school that I want. Yep. Um, and it, what was really interesting were, like, no one supported me in it. You right. and Jake did. Yeah. That was it. Right. That was literally it. In the nook. In the nook. Yeah. Um. But everyone else was like, the second I decided to do it for myself, mm -hmm. that's when people were like, mm, I don't think that's for you. Right. Or you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Or that's stupid financially. You know what yeah. I mean? But right, it wasn't right, right. any other time. Right. When I was doing what they Everybody wanted. Everybody else to. wanted. Yeah. yeah. But this time I was like, no, like I'm going to fucking do it. And I did it, bitch. You <laughs> did it. And we celebrated you wholeheartedly. Yes, we did. And I am so proud. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we did the damn thing. I love you, kiddo. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> Laura has been very emotional. The past I, yes. Few days. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> She's crying. Well, right you now. just got done saying that I'm never emotional. So there you go. Yeah. Look at her. She's tearing up. Yeah. Oh my God. You're so cute. Well, it's a big deal and it's been a long journey and you really should be proud of yourself. It has. Me. It's taken me a long time to get here. And there were many times throughout these last oh two gosh. and a half years where I remember looking at Jake saying like I gotta yeah. drop out like I can't yeah. do it right I can't juggle it there's yeah. too much see now I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anybody up for a good cry here don't I know right yeah but I just you I did don't know it. I just put my head down and I just kept fucking going I know and and I fucking am valedictorian <laughs> I did yeah. not see that coming all the you got all kinds I had of no doubts I knew yep. you would I know me either you got all kinds of course director awards. You've got the yeah advanced achievement. Ugh, yeah, just <laughs> awesome. You are spectacular. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there are many things we've said on this podcast, me particularly, that like would uh, say that you shouldn't follow in my path or listen to what I have to say <laughs> <laughs> because I've made some questionable choices. Right. But if you learn anything from me, I mean, if you want something, just please go after it. Yeah. Fuck what everyone else has to say. Silence all of the naysayers. Yes, exactly. You yeah. can do it if you want it. That's right. So fucking do the damn yep. thing. And be, and be your best supporter. Yeah. I mean, you really have to want it for yourself. That yep. is something I learned throughout this entire thing. Like, didn't really matter mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like when I was doing it for other people. Yeah. 
I quote unquote failed. Yeah. When I finally was like, no, this yeah. I'm going to do it for myself. Yeah. That's when I succeeded. That's right. And outside of this room right here, we could probably ask your inner circle what you went to school for. They'd have no idea. Right. I said, I'm going to start telling them, like, because I've been asked like a thousand times, because quite honestly, no one has given a flying fuck (laughs) besides the people in this room. I'm going to start saying, like, hotel management. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, great. Okay, great. Yeah. Like, no one has cared, but it doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I do. And you guys do. That's right. And I know our our listeners are proud. And that makes me happy. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We're just feeling it over here. We're celebrating Lee today. We're so oh my gosh. Yay. I don't like that. I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I get nervous. Um, but yeah, that's what has been going on here. Love it. And now I have to push out a child (laughs) and raise a child. I get to, I should say. I get to do that. You get the honor. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, on to the next. On to the next. I'm the queen of timing, if you haven't <laughs> noticed. <laughs> One big life event into the next, motherfucker. Everything happens in its own time. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'm glad that my kid was with me yeah. through this because yeah. we took pictures. Yeah. You know, and you can see my bump and I get uh-huh. to tell them like, yeah. I did this with you in my belly. Yeah. You put your major awards on yesterday and got your pick taken. I and know. And they got to be with me through yes. that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. We're Ooh. celebrating and it's fucking officially spooky season. So I'm just feeling myself. Yes. Feeling myself. I am sweating. My glasses are fogging. <laughs> you, if you're watching on Patreon, you may yeah. see a dribble of yeah. sweat dripping down <laughs> my face. It's, it's going to be fine. Uh, it's all good. Uh, before we get into it, Jake, do we have patrons to thank? We do have patrons to thank. Ooh. We have two new patrons. Oh, we yeah. have Aubrey and Raven. Thank you all so much. Oh, thank Raven. you. Oh, welcome to the, the family. Name. Yeah, welcome to the family. I love the name Raven. Yeah, both good names, name. actually. Both yeah. good names. Yeah, Aubrey, you too. I yes. Didn't, <laughs> didn't mean to leave you David out. David Gates and Bread, one of my favorite. Aubrey was her name. Did you say Bread? David oh, Gates. the band Bread. The, the band. <laughs> the band Bread. David Gates and Bread. I'm hungry. Has so a song called like, Aubrey and I love it. Beautiful. I know. Um, welcome to the family. Fuck yeah. That's yes. so exciting. Uh, go check out our Patreon. There's a lot of cool stuff happening over yes. there. Laura's talking herbs for one of the tiers. Yes. We're going to have a baby shower this weekend. Yeah. For $10 exciting. and up. Uh, lots of extra content. Exciting. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, or you can rate us. On Spotify and Apple. Fact check, Jake. What is the threat if they don't? If you do not rate us five stars. Five stars. Only five stars. On both Apple and Spotify, I will punch you. (laughs) Just plain and simply going right for the violence today. (laughs) Jake. (laughs) I will find you and I will punch punch you. (laughs) Oh, I love you, baby. You're cute. No shits given. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, with that being said, are you ready to get into it? I sure am. All right, mine's fun today. Is I it? I think my uh, steaming pile of shit movie choice train has How's ended. It, is it broken? I think it's broken. Yes. Goodbye, Clinker City. I'm leaving <laughs> you in the fucking dust. I got a good one. This Yay. has been on my list for a while, but I wasn't sure if people knew about it uh-huh. because, I don't know, I never see or hear anything about this movie. Right. Um, so I was, like, hesitant. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing Disney's The Black Cauldron. Love it. Yeah. Hey, when you told me you were doing that, I was like, yeah, I've seen that. You, no. She hasn't. I, think she, I-, 
I was like, oh, did you like this part? And she's like, what? And then she started, I think you were talking about the sword and the stone. I think so. I think I was. I think you got a little confused. So I'm excited to hear about this. Similar vibe. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It is a 1985 dark fantasy slash adventure animated film. Mm. So rated PG. Nice. Uh, Again, released by Walt Disney Pictures. And your tagline is magic that will live forever. I uh, love that. Do you? Yeah. I thought it was lackluster. You know yeah. what I mean? I thought you could have tried am- a little harder. I love the thought of magic living forever. Okay, I guess you're right. Geez, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't have to be grandiosely. <laughs> you know, I, that's what I want my job to be. I want to be a tagline writer. Let me take a crack at this shit, okay? Uh, written by David Jonas and Vance Gary, mm. uh, loosely based on the book series The Chronicles of Prydain by Lloyd mm. Alexander. Uh, directed by Ted Berman and Richard Rich. Richard Rich. Richie Rich. <gasps> you remember the movie Richie Rich? Yeah. I fucking with loved Macaulay that movie. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I remember the cartoon. That's going way back. Oh my God, I remember the cartoon <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, voice cast. Grant Brad... No, Grant Bardsley. Oh, okay. Bradsley. <laughs> Bradsley. As Taran. Taran. Okay, let me just <laughs> let me just say this right now. <laughs> We're going like Welsh, yes. I think, with a lot of these names, and you know I struggle. So just fucking bear with me. I even wrote like how to pronounce it, <laughs> and I still fucked it up. I think it's Taran. Okay. okay. Freddie Jones as Dalman. Mm-hmm. Susan Sheridan as Elon Wee. Elon Wee. I think so. Uh, Nigel Hawthorne as Fluterflam. Nigel? Nigel. It must be Nigel with, with the, the brie. brie. Arthur Mallet as King Eideleg and John Biner as Gurgi. Do you see what I mean with these names? Gurgi. Gurgi. Cute. Gurgi's cute. Gurgi the gherkin. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Is a gherkin a pickle? Yes. Oh, okay. It's a tiny pickle. <laughs> it's a tiny pickle. <laughs> Dirty. All right, here's your rundown. Are you ready? Only you. <laughs> it opens with the narrator who explains. This is a long explanation. Okay. They're giving you the rundown, like, straight out of the fucking gate. Okay, good. Uh, legend has it, in the mystic land of Prydain, there once was a king so cruel and evil that even the gods feared him. Since no prison could hold him, he was thrown alive into a crucible of molten iron. Dang. There, his demonic spirit was captured in the form of a great black cauldron. For uncounted centuries, the Black Cauldron lay hidden, waiting while evil men searched for it, knowing that whoever possessed it would have the power to resurrect an army of deathless warriors and with them rule the world. Everybody wants to rule the world. (laughs) TM. Try to TM that. Tears for fears. (laughs) You're cute. Um, So, yeah, like I said, they're giving you all the information. Yeah. Right from the fucking start. Uh, we then flash to our main character, Tarin, a teenage boy who dreams of becoming a noble warrior. Uh, he works for Dalbin the Enchanter, taking care of Henwin, the pet pig. Oh, oh There's cute. a little cute pig. Uh, he says at one point, is this to be my life, pampering a pig? And I'm like, all right, get over, <laughs> get over it. Pampering a pig. Uh, turns out Henwin is a magical pig. Oh. And that's why she needs looked after. Uh, she has the gift of sight. And one day she has a vision of the evil horned king searching for the black cauldron that I just told you about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, if the horned king finds it, nothing will stand against him because he will raise the undead soldier army. 
Ooh, that sounds terrifying. Yes, problematic. Uh, another problem, the Horned King knows that Henwyn can find the cauldron using her visions. Ooh. So he might be coming for her. Once Henwyn. Yes. yes. Uh, for that reason, Dalbin instructs Tarin to take Henwyn to the hidden cottage at the edge of the Forbidden Forest to protect her until it's safe. Ooh. Uh, but pretty much immediately, Tarin the dumbass is what I call him. Uh-huh. I'm not a fan of this main <laughs> character. He's fucking dumb. Oh, he's going to do it his own way. Uh, no, he just slips off into a daydream about being a knight. Like, he is really, like, uh, he wants to be considered noble, and I want to fight. And, he doesn't find this a noble pursuit. Exactly. He's right. like, why am I yeah, watching after watch, this yeah, pig? Blah, 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 blah. So he's daydreaming about being a knight, and Henwin is captured by the Horned <gasps> King's minions. Like, yeah. right away. Oh, jeez. Uh, as he's searching for the pig, Tarn meets a creature named Gurgi. Kind of looks like a little dog. I'm uh-huh. not sure, like, what he's supposed to be, but he's cute. A um, gherkin. He's a tiny pickle, yes. <laughs> uh, and Gurgi helps him find his way to the Horned King's pad. I also don't like Tarn because he's mean to Gurgi. Oh, I don't like that. Gurgi's like, be my friend, and can I have a bite of your apple? And Tarn is like, no, this is my fucking apple. And I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, Tarn. Um, it's no surprise that Tarn is captured the second he steps a toe into the Horned King's castle. Of course. Okay. After a scuffle, Henwin escapes. But Tarin is put in the dungeon with another captive named Princess Elonwi. 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 <laughs> sounds fancy. It does. Sounds French. French. French fries. <laughs> French dressing. <laughs> if anyone gets these little references, like, good for Let you. <laughs> uh, the two search around the tunnels of the dungeon and find a magical sword in the ancient burial chamber of an old king. Ooh. Okay. They also find another prisoner, an old man named Fluterflam. Flutterflam. Flutterflam. And together they use the magical sword to fight the Horned King's minions and escape. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, The gang follows Henwin's trail. I'm, like, cutting some stuff out here. Again, it's like a Disney movie, so there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And they fall into a whirlpool leading to the underground kingdom of the fair folk. The fair. The fair. the fairy. Yes, they are fairies, though. Oh, okay. But they're called the fair folk. Okay. Uh, they're like little tiny colorful fairies. This was my favorite part, hands down. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, King Eidoleg of the fair folk, he's like this little chubby fairy. Cute. Uh, tells them he's been keeping Henwin safe. Aww, okay. Oh, that's nice. And also says that the black cauldron is hidden away in the marshes of Morva. Morva? Morva. The marshes of Morva. Ooh. There's a lot of cool names in yeah. this. Uh, Tarin convinces his friends that they must destroy the cauldron to save the world. Okay? Just a small little task. Yeah. You know, no, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. And they head to Morva, okay. leaving Henwin with the fair folk. All right. When they arrive, they learn that the cauldron is being protected by three witches. Okay. Three. That, you know, like the Stygian witches. I was going to say, we've seen that come yes, into play a yes, lot. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Greek have, mythology. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking remind me. Okay. Uh, we have Ordu, the leader, Orgok, the greedy one. <laughs> Orgok. I'm probably saying it all wrong. And Orwin, the flirty one. Oh. Uh, sounds like Hocus Pocus. Oh, my God, it does a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the witches give the gang the cauldron in exchange for Tarn's magical sword. Okay. okay. But they inform him that, one, the cauldron is indestructible. So that whole plan of destroying it, it's not going to no happen. Fucking dice. Gotcha. And two, the cauldron's power can only be stopped when a living being willingly climbs into it, killing themselves. Ooh. Slightly dark. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I hope, yeah. What? It's a tauren. 
we're about to get to that now. <laughs> I wish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck you, Torn. Uh, before they can really grasp that information, they are captured by the Horn King's minions and are taken Again? back to the castle. Yeah, it's a Damn. lot of like yeah. cat and mouse kind mm-hmm, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Horn King uses the Black Cauldron to raise the army of deathless warriors. This scene is really cool. This, is it? Yes. Um, they kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It looks trippy. Yeah? Yeah, like, you know how some of those 70s and 80s cartoons, oh, like, yeah. they make it look like you're fucking tripping balls? <laughs> like H.R. Puff and stuff? Yeah, kind of like all of the warriors start coming out of the castle, and okay. they're supposed to be spooky, but they, like, I don't know, they make it look really neat. That was okay. my also my favorite. Okay. Uh, but have no fear, okay? Gurgi the Creature decides to sacrifice himself. Oh, no. Oh, no, to save his friends. He's like, I'll save you. Oh. And he jumps into the Black Cauldron and oh, dies. My- Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that makes me sad. Uh, The Black Cauldron sucks the Horned King into itself before it's rendered useless, killing the Horned King and the Cauldron-born zombies with the last of its power. Cauldron-born zombies. Cauldron-born, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they're called the Cauldron-born. Oh, okay. Uh, The three witches return to take the Black Cauldron back. And in exchange, they resurrect Gurgi. So we were only sad for a minute. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Uh, The gang lives happily ever after and frolics off into the sunset as Henwin and Dalbin watch via a vision. Oh. The end. That sounds really cute. And it ends with like really beautiful Celtic sounding music. Well, you had me there. Yeah. You had um, me there. That is the Black Cauldron. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I think you would love it. Jake yeah. didn't watch it with me. He was too busy, but he would definitely love it. I think I read at some point that this was Disney's attempt to, like, get into the fantasy genre with, like, the Lord of the Rings oh. when they were doing the animated Lord of the Rings yeah. stuff. This well, I was, was thinking when you were saying some of the names, it sounded very, you know, Tolkien-esque. Yeah, so yeah. I think this was Disney's attempt to get in on that cash grab. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I would definitely recommend it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. So go check it out. Awesome. Uh, but what is my lesson? I don't know. Is it Cauldrons? It's Cauldrons. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's why it's been on my list for a while because I know I, like, I knew I wanted to talk about Cauldrons. Yeah. Because I didn't really know what the fucking deal was, what mm-hmm. the history was. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. Are you ready? Yes. I'm so excited. A cauldron is defined as a large pot for cooking or boiling over an open fire, usually with an arc-shaped hanger, lid, and handles or feet. Nice. That encompasses a lot of things. It does, yes. yes. Uh, they date back to at least the Bronze Age. Ooh. Whoa, don't ask me. What is the Bronze was. Age? I don't <laughs> Tap, tap, tap. I don't this know either. This valedictorian over here has no fucking clue. <laughs> Jake's tapping away. About historical time period. The yeah. Bronze Age was from 3300 BC to 1200 BC. Holy okay. Like, way the fuck back. Way the fuck back. That's a way far back. <laughs> I think back. it can be excused that we <laughs> didn't know those dates yes. offhand. Uh, so in my mind, cauldrons can be broken into two categories. Everyday cauldrons mm. and magical cauldrons. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The ones set aside for special occasions. Exactly. Fancy cauldrons. Yeah. All right. So everyday cauldrons, obviously cooking, boiling water, cleaning, carrying water, like practical domestic tasks. Yes. Okay. It was an essential tool in any medieval household. Uh, People rich and poor used cauldrons, and it was often the only cooking vessel available for many oh, households. Interesting. Uh, because it was such a useful tool, cauldrons would sometimes be passed down through generations of families. Yes. And because they were used for what was considered women's work, they mm. became associated with the feminine. <sighs> All right, so then you have magical cauldrons. Ooh, yes, exciting. <laughs> cauldrons used in rituals, mm-hmm. etc. 
uh, because it was such an essential tool that people depended on, it became associated with protection, life, and creation. Nice. Not just for women anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this coupled with it already being linked to women led yeah. to it being associated with women's magic. Yes. Think kitchen witches, mm-hmm. hedge witches, etc. Mixing up food and medicine. Oh yes. Home and hearth, or is it hearth? Hearth, hearth. The last time I Tomato, talked about her, was it hearth? Hearth. <laughs> I I don't know which one it is. I think I've heard it said both ways. Okay, because the last time I talked about it, there were people in our DMs being like, "You pronounced that wrong," and yeah. I don't fucking ever come into our DM <laughs> saying that because <laughs> it pisses me off. Yeah. It really makes me angry. You sit down and you talk for over an hour and you get every word pronounced right. And then we could chat. Hey, you know, it's a thing. We can, we don't pronounce words right. No. And we what? always say, we're so sorry. So home and hearth hearth. Hearth think, hearth. Think those people. Hearth slash hearth. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So next to the broom, it is the tool most often associated with witches mm-hmm. and magic, I would say. Yes. Uh, you often see the classic image of a witch standing over her black cauldron mixing a potion. Yes. Uh, between what they were actually used for and popular works of fiction like Macbeth. Yes. That always comes into play. Yep. yep. You can see how this... Yes. Link happened, right? Yeah, and you always like see it with like eyeballs floating, and it's always green, exactly. And bubbly. I think the Macbeth really that whole mm-hmm. eye of Newt. It yeah. really like drove that home. Yes. Uh, today, modern witches often use cauldrons to prepare or mix ingredients for spell work, mm-hmm. so herbs, oils, yes. incense. Uh, they are now a lot smaller. <laughs> Yeah, when you said earlier about people carrying water for everyday tasks, I thought, my gosh, that must have taken forever because those were made of like iron. Iron, right? Yeah, (laughs) shit. Yeah, heavy. Um, But now, like, you see little tiny mini ones where people, you know, put incense in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're cute. Mm -hmm. I've seen like hot pink ones. They're really, they're getting, you know, cute with it. They're getting some (laughs) flair. Uh, they can be used to represent the elements of water and fire in spell work for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. All right, so with all of that being said, it is no surprise that there is a rich history of cauldron lore and religion and mythology. Nice. Throughout history, cauldrons were often viewed as a symbol of change, rebirth, and transformation. So think of placing water into a cauldron over a fire. The water will soon turn hot and bubble, becoming something different. Oh, I like so that. So transforming. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. They also represented the goddess or divine feminine. And this, I didn't know this. Um, it's seen as the womb because it carries, it holds, oh, and, and it's it creates. Kind of shaped like that. It's shaped like the womb. Oh, it creates, it brings life, life. to things. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful. That's cool. Um, in Irish folklore, leprechauns keep their treasure or gold in a pot yes. or a cauldron. Yeah. Uh, cauldrons were also said to be left as offerings to the gods in bogs and rivers. Ooh. Cool. Uh, they were also used as a symbol for the storyteller because people would gather around the cauldron and tell tales. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Over some stew. Over some stew, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk Welsh mythology for a sec. Okay. Because interestingly, the book series that the Black Cauldron movie was based on mm-hmm. was inspired by the mythology of ancient Wales. Nice. So do you remember when I talked about the Mabinogian? Yes. Which I'm sure I'm saying wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I talked about that with Rhiannon. Yes. Did I? Okay. Yeah. So we're going there. Okay. All right. So we have the Cauldron of Caridwin. Mm-hmm. In Welsh mythology, Caridwyn represents the mother and crone aspects of the goddess. Okay. 
She is the keeper of the cauldron of knowledge, Ooh. inspiration, and rebirth in the underworld. Oh, Ooh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. She used her cauldron to cook up a brew that would gift wisdom to whoever drank it. And this brew had to be brewed for a year and a day Ooh. for it to really work. Yeah. Damn, it was probably funky as fuck. <laughs> I was going to say, what the hell's in that? Funky. Uh, you'll like this. Some scholars believe that the Holy Grail that mm-hmm. King Arthur was after was, in fact, a Caradwin's cauldron. cauldron. Yes, I've read that before. Yes. I liked mm-hmm. that. Um, we also have the cauldron of rebirth from another tale okay. in Welsh mythology. So in the second branch of the Mabinogi, mm-hmm. or Mabinogian, I don't know which is mm-hmm. correct. That's all right. Uh, you have the legend of Brant Bronwyn. Mm-hmm. Bronwyn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, help me out. Yes, yes. At one point, there is a magical cauldron that brings warriors back from the dead, hence the cauldron of rebirth. Yes. The warriors were soulless and couldn't speak, but they could go into battle until they were killed again. So I would say this is probably what the, the black cauldron yeah. was inspired by. Yeah. Because they, the cauldron born zombies. Yes. And that. Interesting. The yeah. elixir of life. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, I didn't that's know it was so heavily associated with like rebirth and. I didn't either. No. No. And the the whole womb thing. That's a very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought of that. Yeah, I but like that. That's fascinating. That. Uh, that's what I have on cauldrons. I, I could have kept going. So we can do it again. Oh, yeah. There are tons of cauldrons like throughout mythology. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to hit on the Welsh ones because that was what the movie was inspired right, by. Right, so right. I liked that. And you can clearly see like how they got there. I love when they use factual lore. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would highly recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. Kids, adults, I think I'm everyone go would check like it, it out. Oh, you'll love it. I'm going to check it out. It's right up your alley. Yes. Um, so that's what I have. Wonderful. Would you like some fun and random facts? I sure would. All right, this movie took over 12 years to make. Holy shit. <sighs> Holy fucking shit. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a rights thing. Oh. And then the animation was difficult maybe, but... 12 years. Holy shit. I mean, can you imagine being an animator? Wow. What no. A, what a artistic pursuit. Yeah, there. that is something I like really am fascinated by. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I love stop motion and all that because mm-hmm. I'm I love art and I would love to do it, but I am not patient enough. Yeah, you I have would to go be fucking so insane. Patient. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Props to you guys. Uh this was one of the first Disney animated films that was not a musical. Mm-hmm. Uh like no main character sang. That was a big deal. <laughs> And again, I'm in. I'm in. No one broke out into fucking song. Uh, also one of the first Disney movies to feature the classic Walt Disney logo. So the White Castle uh, with the text. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 I was going to try to sing it, but <laughs> nope. Nope. Let's stop. Nope. nope. Uh, it was also one of the first to be rated PG mm. because of its darker themes. Okay. And was also one of the first Disney animated movies to incorporate CGI into its animation. Ooh. It had a lot of firsts. Yeah. This is a big deal. And I don't think, I like you said, I don't know if it's like that well known. I don't know. Like, I wonder how it, uh, you know, fared. Yeah, when I um, posted about it, because I always tease on Instagram what mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, that week, people were like, oh my God, the Black Cauldron. So I don't know if it's like us niche, you know what yeah, I mean? Like people yeah. that are really into fantasy and magic. Right. It's hard to find stuff for this movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. It is. So... Huh, I love it. But maybe this could be why. Uh, this film did not receive a video release until 1998. Oh, wow. Due to its dark content. And it came out in the 80s. Oh, So okay. I think maybe it was kind of shoved under the carpet. Yeah, 
That's too over the top for Disney. Yeah, apparently many completed scenes were removed to avoid a PG-13 rating. Oh, geez. I didn't. I really didn't think it was like that no. bad. Well, probably not at this time. Like at this I day get, and age, yeah, but you're maybe right, you're back right. then. Uh, for that reason, it is known by many fans of fantasy as the movie Disney tried to bury. Ooh. <laughs> so maybe that's why a lot of people don't know it. They got together with Nickelodeon and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is speculated that the creator of the Legend of Zelda game series was inspired by many elements of this movie. I I've never really that. played that. Jake, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I used to. Does it sound like kind of... Yeah, it's this... got a lot of the high fantasy kind of themes. Okay, cool. Um, and last but not least, Tim Burton worked on this film as a conceptual artist. Ooh, interesting. I like that because it is one of the darker yes, Disney movies I've yes. watched. And then you find out he's involved and you're like, oh. It's <laughs> like, Duh. who would like to participate in this project? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> me, 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 me. I'll do it, I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Um, but then again, I'm really shocked that you don't hear more about it. Yeah. Like with Burton fans. But yeah. Yeah, uh, go fucking watch that movie. I am going to check it out. Yeah, highly it recommend. Sounds like a worth watch, worthwhile watch. You want to try that one more time? <laughs> a worthwhile watch. Oh my gosh, Laura's, a em- Laura's emotions caught up with her this week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, this was one of my favorites I've done recently because, like I said, I've had some clinkers. You have had some which clinkers. Which I like having a clinker here and there. But this one, I was like, oh, yeah, like this is actually great. Not a long stretch of clinkers. No. <laughs> Let's cut that short. <laughs> All right. So I guess that means I'm up. You're up to bat, girl. Ooh, I'm doing a horror today. Ooh, yay. Yeah, I love when you do horror. All right, cool. I am doing 1979 American miniseries, Salem's Lot. Dude, yes. I always forget that it was a miniseries. Yeah, right? Because I just watch it on VHS, so to me it's a movie. Right, exactly. It's over three hours long. Oh, my God. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dude. Yes. Um, I might have to keep stomping my glasses, keep fogging up. I told you. And I'm like, it is super hot in here. It is super hot. All right, so it's adapted from the 1975 novel, Salem's Lot. Lot mm-hmm. by Stephen King. Oh my gosh! Why do I forget that it's a Stephen King? Too? Do you really? Yeah, oh like I know that. Yeah, but then it surprises me. I don't know. Yeah, why. yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it differed. The adaptation differed in many ways from King's novel, particularly the portrayal of the head vampire, okay. who was modeled after Nosferatu, Nosferatu. Uh, which is a 1922 silent horror film where the vampire is pure evil and not suave or sexual in any way. Yeah, just scary. As just hell. scary. So even though that differed. King gave the thumbs up. Nice. Okay. Yes. Directed by Toby Hooper. Really? Yes. I was shocked to see that. Oh, my God. I don't think I knew that. I always, like, see him in interviews and think, my gosh, he's young or he's new to the genre or new new to the scene. And it's like, gosh, he's been around for a while. Yeah, no, he's done a lot, too. I guess I always forget Texas Chainsaw Massacre was done, like, in the 70s, right, I think? I believe so. Yeah. 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 All right. Budget, $4 million. Okay. No box office numbers because it didn't hit the box oh, office. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love the poster work for, like, the artwork it's for this. It's one of my favorite VHS covers yeah, for sure. it's really good. All right. Here's your cast. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> oh, God. The main character, uh-huh. Ben Mears, Mr. David Soul. Oh, my God. Coming off his hit television series, Starsky and Hutch. I know you've talked about him before. <laughs> that ran from 1975 to 1979. Okay. He played Ken Hutch Hutchinson. <laughs> okay. And directed 
three episodes, including Huggy Can't Go Home. <laughs> Are you seriously? But like, fuck Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that show so much. Oh my god, that and the Rockford Files with James Garner was like. I have oh, no I idea there. what you're talking about. I was watching about. it. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. All right. Mr. Soul also had a number one pop hit. Oh, my God. With his ditty, Don't Give Up On Us. Go check that one out. I don't out. think it's I good. know it. Do I? Don't give up on us, baby. Oh, I do. Oh, my God. That's, that's Mr. David Soul. Oh, no yes. shit. Yes. Okay. Way to go, Mr. Soul. <laughs> and he's still alive. Is he? Yes. Congratulations, bud. <laughs> you're still kicking. <laughs> All right, James Mason as Richard Straker. Mm -hmm. He has an iconic voice, and you would probably know him from Evil Under the Sun, Agatha Christie. Oh, yeah. Yes, Lance Kerwin as Mark Petrie, Bonnie Bedelia as Susan Norton, and Jeffrey Lewis as Mike <sighs> Ryerson. Dude. This guy, wow. I, I know him best because, creepy. yeah, because he's in like um, Clint Eastwood's uh, Any Which Way You Can, Any Which Way But Loose, all that. He's like the sidekick. Yeah. But he is terrifying in this movie. Yeah, we've talked about it before. This is one of those movies, like this movie to this day scares the shit out scares of me. Scares the shit out of me. Mainly because of that guy. I have it down in the plot, yeah. And I did not realize that he is Juliette Lewis's dad. You fucking told me that the other day, and I literally sat in silence for like 15 minutes. I'm then, like, how did I not know that? And then I heard your fingers tap. <laughs> I have to fact check I was her. like, this can't be true. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like a trillion pictures of them together. <laughs> and they look alike. I just never connected those oh dots. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's been in so many movies, but he is definitely terrifying in this one. He is. All right, so the movie starts out, and I completely did not remember. So it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. The movie starts out at a church in Guatemala. Okay. Where Ben Mears and Mark Petrie are filling bottles of holy water at a local church. Okay. Mark states, they found us again. And then we cut to Maine two years earlier. Oh, okay. So I'm like, I don't remember that beginning. I don't beginning. remember that either. Right. So we cut to Maine, Salem's Lot, Maine, two years earlier. David mm -hmm. Soule, a.k.a. Ben, <laughs> pulls up in his iconic yellow Jeep steps out to observe a dilapidated old house mm -hmm. known as the Marston House. Okay. Ben is a writer yeah. and originally from Salem's Lot. He had a terrifying experience in the house as a kid and thinks the house is evil personified and attracts evil people to it. Okay. He comes back to town to write about the house. Now, the house, which has been vacant and dilapidated for like 20 years, uh -huh. has two new owners, an odd little fellow named Mr. Straker mm -hmm. and his partner, Mr. Barlow. Okay. No one in town has actually seen Mr. Barlow yet, uh, but Straker and Barlow are in the antiquity business mm. and are opening a new shop in town. I mean, yeah, I fuck with it. Why not? <laughs> I love it. I feel I like Stephen antique. King does a lot of antiquey things. I think Needful Things is an it takes like is surrounds. I've never an seen store. Needful Things, but you've brought it up a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, and I like the whole like he comes back to relook into the haunted house because yes. I feel like did everyone have one of those growing up like there was a house yes. in my grandparents neighborhood that everyone was like this oh, house yeah. is so haunted like yeah and it stood there for a long time and me and my uh, two friends would walk 
that like that would be our stray from our safety of our home you would go- and we'd walk down by it and we thought we were Charlie's Angels and we'd be oh like okay. we're gonna go in and like <laughs> solve this crime I know but right like I feel like a lot of kids that that yeah. happens you have the spooky haunted house yeah where they like dare you to go up and knock on it or go touch it go touch it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah cool. uh, Ben takes up lodging at the local B&B mm-hmm. uh, where he can tap those typewriter keys all while looking out the window at the Marston house. Okay. There's, like, many scenes where he's, like, you know, wrenching his fists and, like, oh, there's that house. That's happening the house, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. After settling in, he decides to take a stroll around town. Uh Uh, And down by the lake, he stumbles upon a young lass doodling in a notebook, local art teacher, Susan Norton. Okay, Suze. She just so happens to have a copy of his book called Air Dancer. Air Dancer? Yeah. (laughs) And his, you know how they put the author's photo on the back of the book cover? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It looks like a publicity still from Starsky and Hutch. It probably is. I am not kidding. It's like (laughs) hilarious. You just, you want it. You want it framed 8 by 10. Just admit (laughs) it. I want it. Uh, He is instantly smitten with Susan Uh and asks her to dinner. He wasted no time. (laughs) No one can resist the David Soul charm. Yeah. Uh, what he didn't realize was that he would be having dinner at her parents' house. Oh, okay. Awkward. A little awkward for a first date, but all right. <laughs> her dad is the town doctor. Mm-hmm. It's a really bad toupee. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy that plays the doctor in The Thing. He gets his arms chomped off. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's the question I have yeah. for people that wear the toupees. Yes. Do you think they know that the toupees look bad? I don't know. Like, and they just don't care? Because I don't know. I fuck with that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, think that that's a, I don't really think that's a thing now. But I think back in, I mean, this was like the 70s. I've seen some people with bad toupees. Like, but now it's like cool to be bald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Vin I mean, Vin Diesel, it. It. he made it cool to be Damn bald. It, right. Okay. But back in the 70s, you know, with it was not cool to be bald. And so I think that the bad toupee was better than was the still baldness. better than the baldness. Yes, I do think so. <laughs> okay, because I would just go with the bald head. I'm like, couldn't they do it any better? I mean, it literally looked like a rug. It looks like a dead animal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the colors don't even match. They don't even like, try. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, you have to know it looks bad. <laughs> You have but to. But it's still better than baldness. Damn, okay. I had no idea. Thank you, Vin Diesel, for making it cool to <laughs> be bald. Bring it back. <laughs> After dinner, these two crazy kids are going to hit the town or head to the movies. Okay. Susan says, let's go to the lake. Wink, wink. <laughs> That's where people get it on. <laughs> and I have to include this because I must have sat there and giggled for like 10 minutes. <laughs> she's like sitting there with her legs crossed under the tree. And she's like... I like you, Ben. <laughs> I'm a moderate, aggressive female, partially <laughs> partially liberated, who states her feelings. Does that make you uncomfortable? <laughs> uh, when you say it in that really weird fucking way. Yeah, that's what she was saying. I'm partially liberated. Only partially. Not fully. <laughs> what the fuck? Can you tell, by the way, I'm crossing my legs partially liberated? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, She also tells him that she hopes he's a slow typer so he can stay a while. Okay, cute. (laughs) (laughs) Let the lip locking commence. Oh, boy. In the meantime, Mr. Straker has a shipment arriving at the dock and pays two local men, Ned Tibbetts and Gravedigger, Mike Jeffrey Lewis. Ah, yes. To pick it up and drop it off at the manse. Okay. The crate, although strapped in tight, seems to be moving on its own, and the truck seems to be 
getting frigidly cold. No, don't mm. like that. There are games afoot. Yep. <laughs> Do we think there's antique furniture in that crate? Probably not. Well, there's an antique, but it's not <laughs> furniture. <laughs> I think it's Mr. Barlow. Mm-hmm. All right, local boy, Mark Petrie. I love the name Petrie. It's like okay. Petri dish. Yes. That's all I can think. There's it's an a X-Files, science experiment. There's an X-Files episode where Mulder and Scully have to act like they're married and they make up a last name. It's <laughs> Petrie. Oh, it's the Doppel or the Topa one, right? It's the Topa episode. We've talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Mark is obsessed with classic monsters. Cool. And spends his time painting models of them. Okay. He has a killer room full of awesome posters. I love that. I- so cool. Yeah. His dad keeps harping on him to outgrow this childishness. Okay. Meanwhile, his mother spends her evenings needlepointing and dad's doing his quarterly taxes. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they need to find something to be passionate about. She needs to be partially liberated, (laughs) if you ask me. (laughs) Uh, Mark and brothers Ralph and Danny Glick are rehearsing for the local play. Mm -hmm. And as the Glick boys head home for the evening through the forest, Ralph becomes a victim of foul play. Yeah. Danny makes it home, but collapses in the family lawn. I'm sure he does, yeah. No one seems to really give a shit or is <laughs> not worried about Ralph. I mean, and he's the little one. He's so cute. Yeah. Uh, just Danny. Oh, okay. Later, we see Mr. Straker carrying something from his car. Wrapped in plastic. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like it's like the size of a loaf of bread. But when he puts it down <laughs> on the slab, it's the little boy. Oh, oh. And I'm like. That did not compute. He's bigger than a loaf of bread. He is bigger than a loaf of bread. Nice try. Later that night, Danny is having bad dreams, Danny Glick. Mm-hmm. And we see this cloud of mist rise out of his window. So spooky. And his brother is floating outside of it. I'm scared. Oh, and he's scratching on the window oh, to yeah. be let in. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's looking a little pale. <laughs> and I he, wonder what And he happen. has fangs. <laughs> <laughs> Danny lets him in, and, well, you kind of know the rest. Yeah, damn, you never let them in. No, Danny ends up in the hospital suffering from what the doc is calling pernicious anemia. And I have to say that I, as I watched this, I did not include this in my notes, and I was having, I could not sleep. I was tossing and turning, and I kept thinking, pernicious anemia, pernicious anemia. That's what kept popping into my head. Lord, what does that even mean? It's, it's some type of anemia where it's like, <laughs> I had to look it up. It's uh, like an autoimmune okay. thing where your body doesn't let you process B12 or something, and oh, so you shit. become anemic. I don't know. Okay, that was very specific for, for them. Not to... as deadly as they're making it to see him right. here, right? Um, after Danny lets his brother into his hospital room the next night, Danny is found dead the next morning. R.I.P. Danny. That pernicious anemia. It's a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Kind of in those bite marks on his neck, though, huh? <laughs> After Danny's funeral, Mike the Gravedigger is met by a whipping wind that is mm-hmm. tossing the flowers everywhere. Yeah. He seems compelled to jump down into the grave and open the coffin. Why not? He finds a newly spry Danny looking <laughs> very vamp-like in yeah. his pink satin-lined coffin. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and the next night, Mike shows up at the local eatery looking a little pale and complaining. He does not feel well. Okay. <laughs> I see so what's they're going, going with on the here. lore where you have to be bit like is it twice or three times before you turn? We have talked about that yeah. a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Glick appears to Mark outside his window. Okay, but when he asks Mark to let him in, Mark locks the window and whips out across. Mark, way to go, Danny pal. Away. Mark knows all. Yeah, he knows all the monster lore, and he knows what is up now in Salem. You don't fucking invite them in. You know, I'm believing him. You're though. floating and shit. <laughs> You're 
not coming into my room. You're floating. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Floating, man. And a scene that quite literally scares the absolute shit out of me every freaking time I watch it. I even sent you a picture last night of... (laughs) Of this scene, and I was like, now I can't sleep. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Mike the Grave Gravedigger turns mm-hmm. quite possibly the scariest vampire I've ever seen. Yep. And he's like rocking on a rocking chair. And they like, it's, it's for terrifying. like a weird length of time. Yeah. They, and their eyes are super creepy. Yeah. And they have like the tint to their skin is just super creepy. And he's like, like you can barely like, see him at first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Um, everyone in the town seems to be coming down with pernicious anemia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Come on. And it's a shit show. Mrs. Glick, she goes down, yeah. reanimates in front of Ben and the doctor. Ben gives her a cross to the forehead made out of tongue depressors. Hey, <laughs> inventive. <laughs> uh, it's like a scene right out of Fright Night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, when yes. Evil Ed gets the cross to the forehead. Mm-hmm. So now Ben and Doc know what's up, and they plan to take out the vampire. Okay. Ben tells Susan to hang Hawthorne all over the outside of the house. Hey, didn't I talk yes, about that? Yes, you did. And get the hell out of town the next day. Okay. What do you think she does? Stays. She heads right up to that Morrison house to snoop, <laughs> right? Damn. She finds Mark there because the vamp killed his parents. Okay. Ben and Doc arrive to save Susan. Straker takes out Doc by lifting him off the floor and impelling him on a bunch of deer horns. Oh. Think the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yes. Yep. Uh, long story short, they take out Straker. Ben does, shoots him because he's, you know, human. Yeah. And it also looks like the scene out of The Fright Night. Yeah. When they take out the guy, like the steps and everything. Right. You can definitely see how they were inspired yeah. there. Ben and Mark take out Barlow with a stake to the heart. It takes forever. <laughs> Barlow doesn't put up much of a fight. That's it's one a little full hour. It's a little lackluster. I mean, it's it looked like he was like working on the chain gang, like building the railroad. He's like pounding and pounding and pounding. And the vampire's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> It's a little lackluster. Right. Uh, ben and Mark light the house on fire to kill all the other vamps okay, in there, yeah. including, he supposes, Susan. I don't know. He didn't even go check to see if she had become a vampire. He R. just R. burnt Susan. the house down. Yeah. The two head out of town, now completely overrun with vamps, knowing that the ones that survive will be looking for them. Uh, Hence, we jump back okay. to the church in Guatemala. I really don't remember I that. I don't remember. Uh, which we go back and we find that the poor Susan. Oh, no. She did survive oh. and has been looking for Ben this whole time. Is she a vampire? Because she's in love with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's a vampire, but she's still in love with him. Yeah. Join her. And she wants them to be together forever. Yeah. Join her, Ben. Yeah. I mean, you know, he acts like he's going to do it. <laughs> gives her a stake to the heart while uh, tearing up a little bit. It's, you know, Classic very, man. Very dramatic. Uh, and the two... Uh, or on the run again, the two okay. guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Knowing it's only a matter of time before another vamp finds them. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The end. The end. Damn. Yes. How'd I do for summing up a three and a three plus hour miniseries? I thought you fucking nailed it. Yes, there were so many other details I know. that I wanted to put in there. I know it was hurting you. Like there was a lot of donut <laughs> eating by the police force. <laughs> And I was like, why is that a thing? Somebody should dive into where that why mythology comes like from. Donuts? Yes, yes. I have an and idea. at one point, um, Doc, no, Ben and Susan, yeah. it comes out in the town that they were by the lake smooching. Canoodling. Yeah. <sighs> and so Doc says, everybody knows you and Susan were at the lake, Ben. You seem like a nice fella. I think you respect Susan, and I think she respects herself. 
but she's think, partially liberated. Says, but I think it could be a little bit more, more discreet, huh? <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, it's the 70s. It's the 70s for sure. <laughs> hey, I thought you did great. Thanks. Um, should we tell them about the time we were watching this movie? Oh my gosh, yes. I think it might have been the first time I had seen it. Yeah. I was in middle school, mm-hmm. so I was, I don't know, how yeah. old are you in middle school? 11? I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't know, yeah, like 12, 11, 12. But we had lived in, what is it called? Like, it's like an old house that had been turned into like apartments, so there was somebody above us, somebody below right us. below us. Yes. Right. Um, and we were watching this movie. And the scene where they, is it when they finally reveal the vampire? Maybe, yeah. I had screamed so fucking loud because I was terrified <laughs> that our upstairs neighbor ran downstairs. And yeah. He's like, oh my God, are you okay? What's happening? Are you happening? okay? Yeah. And knocked on the door, scared you even more. And then he's like, while I'm here, can I borrow the blender? I need to make margaritas. <laughs> I love that guy. He was the shit. But yeah, like we were. Sure, all right, can I borrow the blender? I need a margarita. <laughs> Honestly, same. I was fucking petrified. Like, this movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah, and I've seen this movie so many times, and it still scares the shit out it of does. me. It does. <laughs> Especially that part. Jeffrey and Lewis. once you guys, like, if you haven't seen it and you go and watch it, I'm sure they're going to be like, really? Not scary. <laughs> it's not that know. scary. I don't, I don't know, know, man. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe other people won't find it scary. For but... a late 70s, I found it fucking terrifying. I agree. Agreed. 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 All right. So, you want a few fun facts? Yeah. All right. This is the first TV miniseries with Stephen King. Oh. Uh, and the second film to be based on his writings. I think the first was Carrie. Oh, okay. Cool. Originally, it was set to be a feature film. Yeah. Little Pittsburgh love. George A. Romero was set to direct the film. Dude. Nice. Somewhere along the line, Warner Brothers decided to turn it into a miniseries for television. Uh-huh. And Romero dropped out, feeling that it wouldn't he wouldn't be able to make the film he wanted with TV network restrictions. Interesting. Yes. I would have liked to see his version take of it. on that. Yeah. 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 I think uh he and uh Stephen King work well together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh when the Glick brothers turn into vamps and are floating outside the windows. They partly filmed them in reverse to make it more creepy and spooky. Dude, I like that. It's so scary. It's so creepy the way they're floating and like scraping in the air. Yes. In addition, the actors were on a boom crane instead of being suspended by wires, which makes it like jerky and awkward. You can kind of tell it's goofy. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. I mean, it was, it's terrifying. Hey, way to go. And that little boy is so cute. And then to see him as a vampire, it's like... It's heart- a bummer. It's heart-wrenching. Um, let's see. Salem's Lot was a very large influence in the film's Fright Night, uh-huh. 1985. The Lost Boys, 1987. Mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And 2021's Midnight Mass. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Can you see that? I Small can. Town. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I really liked Midnight Mass. Yeah, We've, I really like that. People have asked us to talk about mm-hmm. that. So. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah we'll have to tackle that. Uh, 1987 sequel, A Return to Salem's Lot. No. Which did not star Mr. David Soul. <laughs> that <laughs> was their number one problem. And the rest of the town was already dead. So, I mean, that pernicious anemia. Yeah, right. I think it was an epic fail. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I can tell you I'm not going to. <laughs> 
2004. I'm going to have to revisit. I did watch this. It was remade starring Mm -hmm. Mr. Rob Lowe as Ben Mears. What? Uh, Yes. You didn't know that? No. I mean, he's no David Soul, but, you know, he did. He gave it a a good go. Okay. You did. Did you have you not seen this one? I have not seen it. I like Rob Lowe, though. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good one. I liked it. Donald Sutherland was Straker and Rutger Hauer was Barlow. No shit. Yes. Oh, my God. How haven't I seen that? I like the original so much. I probably know how I get with that. Yeah. The original is still my favorite, but this one's it's not bad. Yeah. Go go check check it out. out. You'll like Rob Lowe in it because I know you really like him. And I love Rutger. Howard, so and Donald Sutherland and That's, Donald Sutherland, yes. What a threesome! Right, uh, 2019 New Line Cinema announced a theatrical release, and I believe it's slated to come out next year. Uh, okay. Stop remaking things. Can I say that this yes. is like the year of this is being remade and this is being remade. Fucking. Get into that brain. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. And think of something original, motherfuckers. It's all Please. been done, Lee. It's oh, all been done. My God. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't, though. You can fucking think of something new. Leave our shit alone. <laughs> Leave the old shit alone. All right. So what is my lesson? I don't know. It sucks. I can tell you right now. Oh, my it sucks. God. Uh, I thought I was fascinated, bec- and I've been fascinated before, like, where did it come from that a vampire can't enter a home unless invited? Ooh, I don't because know. Because when they're scratching at the windows, they're like they have to be you have to be let invited in. in. Yes. Right. So the rule implies I couldn't find a lot of information. Okay. But the rule implies that a vampire or dark force cannot enter a claimed space without permission. Okay. That's typically associated with one's home, but can also include a car, a tent, or any space claimed or owned by an individual. Really? Like if you're out tenting in the forest. Yeah, fuck yeah. They can vampire. No, not if you do not invite them. <laughs> okay. Good Interesting. To know. Yeah. Uh, should said human vacate said space, all bets are off. Oh, interesting. Once you invite a vampire in, they can pretty much come and go at will. Right. And the invitation remains open until one specifically revokes said invitation. That you don't hear that in everyone that mm-hmm. you can revoke it. I was going right. to ask. Right. Um, some mythology says no, but right. most says they can. You can take it back. You can take it back. Yes. Uh, it seems this trope is very old, but I could not pinpoint. Um, an exact time period or specific fact. Some people I've read, I read a little bit about like Celtic paganism and witches mm. putting like a spell together to protect one's house. Okay. But I just didn't feel like I didn't see it in like several publications and several articles. And so maybe. I don't know how credible that was or, okay. you know, it just wasn't giving me the meat that I wanted. Right. What I did learn was that this mythology seemed to encompass all things supernatural, including ghosts, witches, demons, etc. That's interesting because I thought that was just for vampires. Right. Uh, One uh, need not verbally extend the invitation either in some mythologies. Uh, There's plenty of ways to let one know that they are welcome, such as like putting out a pair of new shoes on the table. A wink. (laughs) Wink, come on in. A welcome mat outside your door. (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, I have thought about that Uh a lot. Like how I don't really like welcome signs Uh outside because I feel like it is telling anybody telling any energy that it can enter my home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, often the entity would use trickery and pretend they were someone other to gain access to the house. Ah. Over the years, this rule seemed to become exclusive to vampires, thanks to Bram Stoker's novel in 1897. I figured it went back to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where the mythology 
kind of ramps up. Most vampire lore seems to yeah, stem, stem from, from that. Yeah. Um, I did learn that if a vampire enters a home without an invitation, they will become weak or completely lose their powers. Oh, I guess I never thought about what would happen if they just said, fuck it, I'm coming, coming in. Coming in. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much all I could find. Hey, I don't think that was bad. So if anybody uh, knows anything more out there, send it my way, and then I'll use it in, you know, something else. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I could find. But sometimes that's interesting. Like, that in and yeah. of itself is cool to know that, like, it just kind of is there. Yeah. Like, it's I find, in the mythology. I find that super fascinating because it's often seen in many of the movies. You oh, know, it's like one stated. of the biggest vampire tropes. Yeah. Like, everyone knows yeah. you can't. And you shouldn't invite a vampire in. Right. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. But I couldn't really find how far back it went. Well, shit. It's mysterious. I like it. It's a mystery. There you go. It's the vampire, you know. The mystery. Mystery. Bram Stoker. It all comes back to Bram Stoker. (laughs) Yeah. Just when in doubt, (laughs) Bram Bram Stoker. Stoker. Is it Bram or Brom? I don't know. Brom? Brom Stoker? (laughs) Bram? Gosh. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. You know what? It's probably Brom. It probably is. It sounds more... I, f- I feel like knowing you as I do, you're like, I already know it's Brom. I'm trying to correct you silently. No, I, I honestly... <laughs> me? I don't fucking know, ever. I think it's probably Brom. Bram. I don't know. You know what? We've just nailed pronunciations this episode. This is a good one for that. Pronunciations 101 in Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet. Oh, shit. I like that lore. How not to pronounce words. Um, yes. That's <laughs> exactly. All right. That's what I've got. I liked it. Yeah. I love Salem's Lot. Oh, me too. Um, it is a spooky season must. Ooh, like, yes. Like, if you like horror, I feel like even if you don't, there's still, it's still a cool story. I just, you know, I can sit there and be totally enmeshed in the 70s decor. Oh, yeah. The clothes, the, it's uh, the house decor. I mean, just like seeing all the old stuff. It's yeah. so hilarious. And just the way people behave and like and their the mannerisms they say. and the shit they say. <laughs> Hilarious. 10 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Add it to your spooky season watch list for sure. Yeah. If you haven't already. Yeah. All right. Like when they were in the hospital, what? there was like all of those beds with just those screens. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like typical 70s. That's creepy. It, 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 there is something about that era that yeah. like lends to the creepy factor. Yeah. yeah for yeah, sure. Very institutionalized. Yes. Yeah. That's creepy. I agree. Mm-hmm. Hey, 10 out of 10, Lore. There we go. We both did great. <laughs> Lore's like, let me toot our fucking horns. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's a day of celebration. It is. Up Ooh. top, my friend. All right. All right. Well, are you ready for Killer Quotes of the Week? I sure am. All right, I can't remember who read last week's. I don't remember what <laughs> I did yesterday. Because my brain is too foggy, so I'm going to fucking read it. Do it. All right, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Oh, pretty. <laughs> That's from Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, I have never seen Moulin Rouge. Me either. All I know is that Pink and Maya... And I think Christina Aguilar, I can't remember who else released that song. Oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Lady Marmalade, right? Is that it? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that's how you say it, but yeah. Oh, probably not. Gitchy, gitchy. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, there were a lot of boobs shaking in the music video. <laughs> That's what I remember. All um, right. I, I'll have to go watch it. Okay. Um, that was sent in I'm by— I'm not going to. But Why? I don't know. I don't think I'd like it. I don't think it's up my alley. Well, you know what? I'm going to check it out. Okay, that you check it out. That was sent in by M. Hart 7. Yes. yes. Thank you. I like, I like that, that quote. quote, though. Very pretty. Yes, good, good. All right, well, another one in the books. Awesome. Um— that's all we have, man. That was a nice one. Oh, that was great. Thanks for celebrating with us. Thanks for celebrating. Go out and celebrate yourselves. Yes. You're all do doing it. great. We yes, love you. We do. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.